Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Greetings and hello, everyone. This is Mike Cleveland, and I'm here with my wife today. This is Jody. Hello, Jody. Hi. <laughs> We're coming to you from the state of Washington. Lots of uh, wildfires burning here right now. And it's been pretty smoky. It's been uh, awful for people who've had to be evacuated and people who have had to leave their homes. It's just been very sad here. Yeah. Um, We wanted to discuss the subject of accountability, and we want to state right up front that we detest accountability. (laughs) That's a trick statement. (laughs) Good one. Good one. Well, what we're saying is we detest accountability the way that the world states that you should be accountable. Exactly. We love accountability the way the word states there should be accountability. And so we want to just discuss the two and make the comparison and draw a conclusion. Absolutely. How's that sound? That sounds wonderful. All right. Accountability, according to the world, is very much like a muzzle on a dog. Yeah. Yeah. It prevents you from doing what's in your heart to do. Right, it's like a prison. Like a prison. Or or being policed, right? You know, um, it's basically something preventing you from doing what you actually want to do. Or, um, like, remember when you were a kid and you used to go tattletale on people? You know, like you'd go, Mom, he hit me. Or, Dad, she's looking at me. <laughs> you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, it's like that. I think sometimes people treat accountability so... Maybe um, there would be a support group, and you would go to your support group every week, and you have to either confess or somebody rats you out and says, they did it, I saw them down, you know, drinking, or I saw them, you know, whatever. And so the, it's a, it's accountability, but there's no heart change. So if you are in a prison, or if you're a dog with a muzzle on, right? are you free? No, you're not. So this is why we hate it. You're just restraining what's in the heart. Right. The dog wants to bite. The prisoner wants to do whatever crime they do. Right. So this is why we think accountability is way overblown in the world. Because if a person truly wants to do something, they're looking for a loophole. I put a filter on my computer, but I'm looking for a way around it. I'm looking to try and get out of it. I'm trying to find my way to turn that thing off. It's true. People write me every single um, week asking for recommendations on filters. And they want to know what's the best one because I tried those other ones and I beat them. (laughs) Right. Okay. Now there's a heart that is not changed. Yeah. Right? If you're trying to beat the system, if you're trying to uninstall the filter, if you're trying to get around it, your heart is after something and you will find a way to get there. That's true. Uh, God says about the Israelites that had uh, had they had it in their heart to return to Egypt, the way would have been made. Um, this is the way it is with all human beings apart from the Holy Spirit. We mm-hmm. have a desire 
to do evil. Now, we can try and restrain ourselves. We can look for that accountability partner that will ask me the hard questions. (laughs) But that doesn't change my heart. It doesn't. And we're not saying that these things don't have their place and they can't be a useful tool um, in a battle plan to... um, to overcome habitual sin, right? We're not saying that they don't have a place, but what we're just saying is that they aren't the solution. They don't save you. They don't save you eternally from the wrath of God, of course, and they don't save you right in the here and now from doing the sin that you want to do. Right. It's true. So the external fences are not our Savior. Now, I have a filter on my computer. But it's because God has changed my heart, and I want to make sure that there's not even a trip up. But let's talk about now accountability according to the word. All right. Uh. So we've defined accountability according to the world, which is basically an external fence, something keeping me from doing what I really want to do. Right. And that's not going to save us. That's not going to set us free. That's actually going to imprison us for the rest of our lives. I remember a friend of mine saying that one AA meeting he went to and he asked somebody afterwards, what, what, you know, what's your, your goal in life? Just curious what your uh, intention and goal in life is. And the guy said to not ever have another drink. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now that's not a very good goal. Well, it's a short-sighted goal. Yeah. We want a much higher goal. And so let's read this passage together and talk about biblical accountability. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. So right away we're seeing that uh, working as a team produces better results than if you're alone. Absolutely, yeah. And so we're talking about um, two people coming together for the purpose of fruitfulness or productivity or some type of kingdom work where we're advancing the kingdom better together than if we were apart. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, a lot of people um, think of accountability like, for instance, uh, talking about in marriage, um, a wife might think, uh, I'm, I'm the accountability partner, so that means I need to um, every night asked my hu- husband, did you look at pornography or, you know, um, or I need to check the computer history every single night or I need to check the credit card bill every single night to see, you know, um, if he spent money on something that he shouldn't have or whatever. And these are, these are not um, kingdom-building thoughts, right? They just... It's like gathering evidence. You're, you're being more like a prosecutor than you are an accountability partner or a team partner toward purity or toward freedom from anything. Um, you know, it could be helping someone um, get free from gluttony and laziness um, or, you know, slander or anything. I mean, gossip, bitterness, any of these types of things. Did you think about that that sin that the person did against you today? You know, no. All right, good. That's good. That's a win for us. That's not, according according to this text, accountability partner is so much more than that. It's a team partner. Well, that's what it says. Two are better than one. Yeah. Because they have a good return for their labor. 
Um, you and I work in the Setting Captives Free Ministry, and we spur one another on, and we bounce ideas off each other about how and where and, and, and what can we do to increase our fruitfulness and so forth. That's accountability, and that's ministry teamship in action. Right. The next verse, what, what does the next verse say there, verse 10? If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. So in true accountability, we're helping one another up. If somebody stumbles as they're walking down the street and they stumble and they hurt themselves, it's so much easier if someone comes along and helps them up. Now, here's the thing that we want to focus on for a minute, and that is in Adam... The first man who ever lived, he sinned, and each of us were born in Adam. And so we were fallen at birth. We were fallen down by birth, and then as we got older, we were fallen by practice Mm. because we had Adam's nature. And so the whole human race was fallen down uh, in sin. And then one came along. And Jesus was sent by the Father out of love. And he came to us in our fallen down condition. He came to us in our sin. He took that sin off of us and put it on himself. He took all of our rebellion, all of our disobedience, all of our sin, all of our missing of the mark, all of our hurting ourselves and each other and others, all on himself. He became sin for us. Mm -hmm. And what that did for us who were fallen down in sin, when we put faith in what Jesus did for us, that was a rescue of us. He came and in essence took our heavy burden off of us, put it on himself, thereby lifting us up, helping us up, making it so that we're no longer fallen in sin but now are walking uprightly with the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And that is the definition of one helping another is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Absolutely, right? This is the, and this is what we do for each other. Um, it makes me think of Galatians 6 where it says, um, no, Galatians 5. Uh, Galatians, Galatians 5. Six. Oh, Galatians you 6. Were, it is. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, you yes, you were right. You were right. You did it. <laughs> yeah, Galatians 6. Um, if anyone's caught in a sin trap, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. And so there's this helping each other up toward, um, there's this restoration process, right? This, this reaching down and lifting up. Not pointing out, look, I see what you did. Not um, asking hard questions and when you already know the answer to it. Um, it's, it's helping them up and out of whatever it is. Or helping them grow in grace. Helping them um, understand more of the character of God. The love of God and the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Right. So there's this beautiful... Um, teamwork or helping one another that comes in true biblical Christ-centered 
accountability, if you will, or it's more really a partnership. Accountability is part of that. But yeah. That's beautiful. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, Amen. where God put himself in his son and came down to raise us up. Yes. It's what he says to in uh, Exodus chapter 3, I believe it is, where it says God came down to raise us up, mm. to, to lift us up. And that is where we find true accountability, true teamship, true help is in lifting us up. And that is the beauty of the gospel. And that's what we're to emulate in our lives as we help one another. We are to go where they are. We are to take their burden on to help them up with it, right? To help them to stand. Right. Uh, and this is what accountability biblically speaking is so if either of them falls down one can help the other up but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up you know what that reminds me of is people trying to to do it to get up without a savior oh yeah and so all the 12-step groups you know that teach you to do the steps to work the program are in essence denying the work that Jesus did. Mm. And so pity the one who has no one to help them up because we as humans cannot get up out of sin um, by ourselves or with the help of other men and women. Right. There's it, just, it takes Jesus. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lazarus, when he was dead in the grave, and, the, and Jesus said, roll back the stone. And he said, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus came out. And then Jesus called everyone around to unbind him. And so there is a part for us to play, but it is not in raising the dead. That's Jesus, right? right. And um, and uh, at, at setting captives free, I was just going to share this for those who may not know, but at setting captives free, when a person enrolls in one of the free Bible studies online, they can put in email addresses for accountability partners. And just to be clear what that means, um, in the course, the student answers questions about the Bible, about the study, about what's being taught. Well, the accountability partner has the opportunity to review the lesson, to review the student's answers, and to respond and give them feedback on those answers. So see how they're helping each other. Let's say the student's not understanding something. The accountability partner can come along and help them understand it better. Or let's say they get it right and they're really understanding and they're applying. The accountability partner can encourage them and say, hey, that was amazing. That really blessed my heart to read what you wrote there. And I have witnessed this happen um, with husbands and wives who've worked together um, going through studies and to see them bless each other's lives by just interacting around the scriptures and praying for each other. It is the most beautiful thing when it is done according to God's word and not according to the world. And I think that leads us into the next verse, which you basically just described with that illustration. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Yeah. And in spiritual terms, if you are away from the body of Christ, right. if you are isolated, you will cool down. And, and so that's why the, the book of Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 10, tells us, let us not forsake the assembly of one another. We are to encourage one another. 
and not to forsake this, the assembling of ourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. Right. And this is, of course, during COVID, it's been difficult to do that, but we still assemble online. Right. And, and in, that's a, such a gift, right? To have that opportunity to be able to connect with one another online. And we have found so many different tools, online tools that yeah. help us stay connected. We um, have a an online communication platform in the ministry now where we can have live prayer and live Bible study and, um, you know, just reach out at any time, day or night. Mm -hmm. And usually because we're a global ministry, there's somebody online Mm -hmm. who will pray or um, give answers or encouragement or whatever. So what we're doing is keeping one another warm. That is keeping our spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And Jody, that's so important, isn't it? It is. Um, whenever uh, we get discouraged, it is such a blessing to be able to have someone to remind us of the gospel and to remind us of the blessings that flow from the cross of Christ to us so that we can put our circumstances, whatever they are, whatever difficulty that we're going through, into perspective. Um, The Bible tells us to set our minds on things above where Christ is seated, right? And one of the ways that we do that is um, being in the Word ourselves, but when we're having a hard time seeing, when our mind is muddled or distracted, it is such a blessing to have someone else remind us and help us to fix our mind on Christ and His gospel. That's exactly right. I think of Romans twelve eleven that says, Never be lacking in zeal, yeah. but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Mm. Keep your spiritual intensity and heat. And that's impossible to do alone I think it is. in isolation. It requires others who can come along and remind us of the one thing that will light that fire hot in our heart, and that is that Jesus loved us and that he gave himself for us, that he suffered in our place, that he took our penalty and our punishment, that he removed our sin and pardoned us, Mm -hmm. that he justified us before God so there's now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. These types of things to speak to one another stirs up a spiritual fervor in our hearts, reminding us of what Jesus did, calling us to come close to him, to draw near to him, and to come to the throne of grace uh, because Jesus made a way. He opened for us a new and living way through his death and resurrection. And that's how we keep one another warm, by using that message. Not, come on, Jody, do better. You know, strive harder, try harder, be better, live up to the standard. That doesn't do anything for a person's heart. Right. It actually wears people out. They, um, if, if we are forever setting the bar really high, um, then people eventually uh, get tired of jumping, right? They, they fatigue, and we don't want to do that. Instead, we want to lift Jesus high and invite them to look to Jesus and live. Right. This is what keeps our spiritual fervor um, intense and and helps us to keep going and not get weary. Our flesh can just wear us out. Um, I don't know about you, but there are days when I am very frustrated by the weakness and frailty of my flesh. 
you know, and so it is such an encouragement to be able to look to you and say, I'm, I'm having a hard time today. And you just lift me up and you share something that you've read in the scriptures today. Or, or maybe we are able to listen to worship songs together or just pray together. And this is such a refreshment to me. You know, it's not going to make everything better. My flesh is not going to immediately be infused with great strength <laughs> um, in this process. But what it is going to be is I'm going to be comforted by the gospel. And I'm comforted that I'm not alone but I got a team. I got a partner. Exactly right. Yeah. It leads us to verse twelve. What does that say, Jody? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So we're talking here about spiritual protection. Yeah. Uh, and how we're able to defend ourselves. One may be overpowered. That's a good description of what it's like to be open and exposed to temptation where sin can just overpower you and drag you down, stomp you into the mud, and you are filled with guilt and shame, and now there's all kind of regret, and you are spiritually weakened, having been trampled on by the devil. This condition of being overpowered is what we're talking about here, where two can defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you, As you just described what I do for you, what you do for me is to remind me of the truth of Scripture. Like if I get discouraged, if I get um, feeling alone, if I get, you know, things that spiritual attacks that come to me, Mm. you are so good at pointing me to Jesus and saying, fix your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, uh, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God, you're so good at, at at taking my mind, my eyes, my focus off of myself or my circumstances and calling me once again to remember uh, what Jesus has done, what he accomplished. And that brings the power of the Holy Spirit to me as I fix my eyes on Jesus. So yes, two can defend themselves. Mm-hmm. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. What does that mean, Jody? Well, a cord of three strands... Um, would be Christ holding you and I together, right? That would be the three-stranded cord. And this is not just true for husband, husbands and wives who are Christians, but it's for um, any relationship, right? Uh, our brother and sister in Christ. Um, it's Christ that unites us, right? And we are united in the gospel and held together by his love. And that's very, very important. It's important that you know, that we know as pe- as Christians, what it means to be an accountability partner and what to expect from accountability partner. Um, an accountability partner is not a priest where you go and you confess and, and you just cleanse out your soul and dump all your trash on the other person. That is not an accountability partner. Accountability partner is um, not a savior. They're not going to come in, swoop in, and suddenly, you know, change your heart for you. You have to seek God for that, right? Yeah, an accountability partner is not a janitor. Yeah. They're not supposed to come along and sweep up our messes. Right. And and try to cleanse us, to clean us up. That's not, these are all worldly uh, terms for accountability partners. Uh, Accountability partner is, is not 
uh, one who interrogates you, right. right? Asking me the hard questions. Right. Um, these are, are things that a biblical accountability partner is not. I just as we bring this to a close, Jody, I sure. want to summarize each of these verses in one word. Okay. And so, verse nine: two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. We're talking here about fruit. Yes. So an accountability partner should help me to be fruitful. Right. That means they help you abide in Jesus. Yes. So that you walk by the Spirit and bear the fruits of the Spirit, right? That's right. And, you know, also um, maybe building the kingdom, too. We talked about that earlier. Right. Yeah, okay. Fruit. Fruit. Verse 10, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. Restoration. Yeah. Love so that. that's accountability partner is one who helps me be fruitful and one who helps restore me. Right. All right. Verse 11. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. So we have the word fervor mm-hmm. or zeal. Right. Keeping our spiritual passion alive. Right. Stirring us, uh, spurring us on to love and good deeds, stirring up in, um, in our hearts the truth about Jesus and his cross and his love for us these types of if a if a piece of wood falls off the fire it gets cold right um and so we are to help one another stay warm in the gospel yes verse 12 though one may be overpowered two can defend themselves protection oh yes two together are able to withstand the attacks of the evil one are able to help one another with temptation are able to encourage uh, each other to stand firm in the Lord. And so we have fruit, restoration, fervor, and protection. Mm, This is is the uh, (laughs) description of true accountability between brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. Way different than the world. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we hate the accountability of the world because it in essence takes the place of the savior uh, because it attempts to fence in your behavior yeah. make the change happen from the outside in all of these things are doomed to fail are doomed to fail we have a savior yes we do who gave himself for us out of love who picked us up out of sin who took us to himself who protects us now and keeps us in him right. who changes our hearts, changes the very core of who we are. Jody, I think differently now right. than back when I was in sin. Absolutely. I have different drives and desires and motivations. It's called a heart change. I know. And so now we have what we are, are able to have for freedom because Jesus sets captives free. He does. He does. Thank you for taking this time to look at this passage with me. I enjoyed it. I loved it too. And let's close in prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you right now so grateful that you came in the person of your son to rescue us from our sin, to lift us up out of our fallen condition, to love us to yourself. And the Holy Spirit comes to us now and changes our hearts Our very desires and motives Mm -hmm. changes us at the core of who we are, makes us free and free indeed. Mm -hmm. And I thank you for this time with Jody of looking into your word. And I pray for the listener right now 
that maybe they've been clinging to the worldly system of accountability and wonder why falls still keep happening and wonder why no progress seems to be made. Father, would you right now work in the heart of that person by showing them the love of Jesus who gave up all of heaven and who left the relationship with you where you and and he were fellowshipping and he came to this earth to be separated from you on the cross by taking our sin upon himself and dying under the weight of it and the penalty of it that this listener right now might receive forgiveness of sin, of every sin, pardon and complete redemption and forgiveness and new life. And with that new life, a new heart. And I thank you that you've described now how we're to interact in the body of Christ. And I pray that you would help all who hear right now to want to be part of the body of Christ and to enjoy the one another's that we have. And I thank you for this time with Jody. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.